You've tuned in to The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've got a great program. Our radio show is all about the world of apps for your smartphone, your TVs, your cars, and mobile technology. On today's program, it's the Twitter dumpster fire. Every week, every day, there's something new happening with Elon Musk and uh, his takeover of the Twitter platform. And there is no shortage of craziness. And like we keep saying, by the time you listen to this, something will have changed. I know. I hate it. This is more like a history lesson of what happened in the past (laughs) week. We're also going to talk about AI-generated art. We've talked a lot about this on this program. And John, I've never seen anything advance so quickly like I have with AI generation of art, of video, even text now. Every single day, we come across something new and cool to do with these programs, or there's new programs, which is like what we're going to talk about today. And I think, you know, listeners, you really need to know about this. I've never seen anything advance so quickly, like I was saying. In the past six months, the, the progress has been incredible on some of these tools. The, the artwork, the images you can create by simply typing in text. Even the speed that they're generated. It, it is, yeah. Like, we've seen a lot of transformations with technology, the personal computer, the internet. This is, in my opinion, happening 10 times faster. Yeah. And I don't even know five years from now. I don't even know next year what it's going to look like. I can guess. Yeah. But it's going to change industries. Yeah. And jobs. It already has. We did a whole show on Get Connected about the impact this has on the film and television industry for illustrators and graphic designers getting into the industry. If you haven't tried one of these tools yet, we've got an app that we're going to talk about later in the program that makes it easy. I've tried some of the tools. Some of them are pretty onerous to figure out. Or maybe I'm just getting slow. But there's an app for the iPhone that just makes it dead simple. And you have to stay tuned and listen to what it can do. It it is fantastic. And like, Dead simple to use. Yeah. You'll be making dancing kitten photographs in no time. I did that. That was my first thing. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't so, know why either. Something wrong you with me. You don't even me. have a cat. I know. I've got too many dogs. Let's look at some of the app news here, John. Russian code found in thousands of American apps, including the CDC. That must, that must make the Americans crazy. Yeah, but I... Ted Cruz must be losing his mind. What does that even mean, the Russian company's code? I mean, there's lots of companies around the world that do great work with code. Well, there's a software company, uh, and their code is used in thousands of widely downloaded apps that are pretending to be based in the U.S. when they actually are operating out of Russia. That's the problem there. Right. So that is that is an issue if information is going to an unfriendly state. Yeah, anytime you install an app, it's always good to know where that app is using any information you put into that app. Yeah. I mean, there's been a big backlash with information going to China. TikTok. And their parent company, ByteDance. Yeah. The U.S. government has a huge problem with them. It's funny, they don't have a huge problem with Google, which gets arguably the same information from all of our phones and devices because 
they're they're American based. Yeah, they don't care about that. No, no. <laughs> they don't. But apparently, this uh, this Russian company again is in eight thousand John eight thousand different apps that are currently available on Google Play and the Apple Store, and CDC is one of them. Isn't that kind of funny that no one's figured this out? Well, I guess they have now. Well, somebody has, yeah. Anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be following up on what uh, will happen uh, with uh, with that. Apple has uh, now launched the emergency satellite messaging service on iPhone 14s. So the iPhone 14 is the latest iPhone. Yes. And one of the big touted features was that. It now has the capability, even if you've got no cellular connection, you're in the middle of a forest on a mountain, as long as you can connect with a satellite, because it's got that capability built in, you can send and receive emergency messages. Which is amazing. It is. Yeah. Because when you think of satellite, you've seen satellite phones. Yeah, they're huge. And they're huge. The, like, the antenna is enormous. So I, I'm just blown away by the engineering that they've been able to incorporate this technology into an iPhone without having a giant antenna attached to it. Again, you can't call, it's messages. Yeah. And it's amazing, like, so there's the technology there, John, but I don't think we realize all the stuff that Apple's had to do in the background to make that all work. Because yeah. they have to tie it into all the emergency services. And from what I understand, if that wasn't clear in certain cities or areas here in North America, they have set up their own call center that is staffed by people. That's crazy. That can then forward those messages to the appropriate emergency responders. Not, not to mention, they've had a pretty significant investment in the satellite technology itself, making sure that the satellites actually are able to receive this stuff. How it works is uh, if you are finding yourself in that situation, you can go to the satellite messaging service on your iPhone and if you allow it, it also have your medical information. You've got to kind of wave your phone around and there's like a little thing on the screen that helps you find the satellite, essentially. And it'll step you through a series of questions to, to speed up the process. Yeah. Like, are you alone? Are you hurt? That, that kind of thing. The kind of questions that if you were to call emergency yeah. services, they would ask you. Yeah, is the bear still there? <laughs> And so it takes all that information and compresses it 300 times. Like the compression on these messages is amazing so that they're able to send and receive these satellite text messages like in as little as 15 seconds, which I think is amazing. It's safe to say it's going to save some lives. It really is. And I think for people that do travel in places where there's no cell reception, or drive through areas like that. You know, I've driven through here in BC. Yeah. And there's many times when I'm driving to the interior, you just get nothing. Nothing. Or if you're on, camp, you know, if you're camping or hiking, what, you know, a tremendous peace of mind knowing that you have that technology if things go south, that you could get a message out and get help. Yeah. So again, it uh, sends it to the emergency responders, the message or the, that special call center that they've set up. Uh, and and it, also your loved ones can be alerted as well, which I think is tremendous. Uh, this is uh, kind of a, an interesting one uh, as well. 
the $54 million <laughs> Arrive Can app. We've talked a lot about that and how they, they broke out all the, the contractors. Well, the subcontractors, because the one company had the majority of the money. Yeah. And they only had four employees. They subcontracted everything out. Yeah. They're not able to, they don't know the subcontractors. Because they didn't have a direct relationship. No. They just had it with the main company. Yeah. But what do you expect, right? Well. Like, you know, because we have a, a marketing agency. And if I'm dealing with a client, let's say, tell us, you know, I have my staff that works on on the stuff, but sometimes we have subcontractors. Like, typically the clients don't ask, who are your subcontractors? Right. You think the government would, though, as part of a transparency well, thing? Or, or if they're under the microscope? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's running around right now trying to find all those subcontractors. Do you think? Well, I don't know. I, it's fi- Okay, it was $54 million. You're going to spend $60 million looking into it. I know that's that's the problem I have, John. Like, how much money is going into this now? Yeah. And is that the worst use of money ever? I know some people say hell yeah, but well, I I can think of other bigger problems right now. True. And at the time, they were trying to rush this stuff out. Yeah. You know, it's that old saying: "Do you want a good, cheap, or or fast?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. Or pick two. Okay, we are going to have to take a break here on the app show. When we come back, still a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about a really cool app that you can basically write what kind of picture you want just using words, and it'll make it for you, and it's amazing. We'll also talk about the Twitter dumpster fire. What's new this week? Employees being forced to sign agreements that they're hardcore (laughs) and going to work like crazy hours. And most importantly for John, how to find the best Black Friday deals. This is this is your time to shine. <laughs> you are the best at finding deals, and so you're going to give the tips yeah. on how to do that, the apps, the websites. Yes. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Black Friday. It's coming. Used to be Boxing Day in Canada. Was the big day. And it's still kind of a, a little bit, but I think Black Friday is finally overtaken it's, it's boxing day it, here it's safe to say come november it's deal season yeah yeah i mean there's already pre boxing or pre black friday day <laughs> deals october 31st is finished november 1st the, the black friday they take month. down the halloween stuff yeah put the pumpkins away black friday and christmas yeah so it is a good time to buy tech or shop for cell phone plans this is a key thing that I don't think we talk enough about is if you need to get a new cell phone, you need to get a new, or even just revisit your current plan that you have with your cell phone. Now is the best time. There's probably not going to be much better time to get a deal than some of the deals that are being offered right now. And things like your home internet, your TV service, whatever you're using that's a service. Keep, keep your eye open. Yeah, because I look at my renewal dates for all, a lot of my stuff. They're all around Black Friday because that's when the you deals were, were. You were brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to get there yeah. with my stuff. So what are what are some of your favorite apps or websites to, to find those deals? Because in the old days, we just get, you know, the newspaper 
And yes, there are a lot of flyers in there, but yeah. there's easier ways to do this now. Yeah, and we've talked about probably my number one app for this is flip.com. Flip with two Ps. It's a website. It's also an app you can download on your phone. And don't think of it as like a deal app. Think of it as a search engine for deals. It's like an aggregator. Because yeah. it's taking all the flyers. It has access to all the flyers. And a lot of companies will release their flyers early on Flip. So you get it before you're actually going to get it delivered to your house if you still get that done. But you actually get the digital flyers. You can make a shopping list of all the things you're interested in just by tapping on the thing that you're wanting to look at. And it'll create a list for you. But my favorite feature is, it doesn't matter if it's Black Friday or Boxing Day or anything like that. If I'm ever looking for something... Where can I find it and where can I find it on sale? Because you can just like, say you want to get an air fryer. doesn't matter if it's June, Black Friday, Boxing Day, doesn't matter. It'll show you all the current deals in physical stores and online. And so that's the power, John. You just type in air fryer. Yeah. And it will search. You don't have to go rooting through your newspaper. Well, especially if you don't even know what kind of air fryer. Yeah. But if you do know the kind of air fryer you want, you can actually specify that T-Fowl or Ninja. Ninja or whatever, and it'll find you the best deals for that. Well, it, it'll, it won't find you the best deals. It'll show you the prices for it everywhere. And I think that's the key. You can make a decision and you can quite often from within the app or website, you can see if they have it in stock and you can also see if um, what the competitors are charging for the same thing. Because sometimes the deal is not going to Best Buy to get it. The deal is going to Staples to get it and bringing them the price match or something like that. And you use that all the time. I do. Yeah. Anytime I want to buy anything that's more than like 20 bucks, even less than 20 bucks, I will still use Flip because it's just so easy. It saves me having to look through all the flyers, which some people like doing. And mm-hmm. you can certainly do that with... Yeah, they have like... Yeah. You can actually... flyers. Cre- you can create a favorite list of your favorite retailers and you'll see all the flyers just from them. Or you can look at the latest ones, which will show you the ones that haven't come out yet and when they start. Another one I know you use, and I, I need to use it more, is Red Flag Deals. You, you find crazy stuff on that. Yeah, the redflagdeals.com, uh, they have a hot deals forum. And I know right now they have a Black Friday deals forum, sub forum. And it's basically a crowdsourced list of deals. And Are you going to find these on Flip? Sometimes? Sometimes. But quite often what people will post is they went to some store and there's a manager special. You're not going to find that on Flip. So they're going to say, if you go to this store in Toronto or Vancouver, or maybe it's nationwide, depending on the chain, um, this is the price for something. It's not advertised. Flip's going to only find the advertised deals. It might find some of the deals online for certain things, but it just depends on how tied in and integrated that all is. So Red Flag Deals is basically crowdsourced version, and people find crazy, insane deals. What are some of the deals you've got? Like you got an espresso one time, almost, got, almost free. I got an espresso, one of the, the classic ones, the red uh, Insia, I think it's called. Instant coffee machine with the little yeah. capsules. Yeah. 50 capsules came with it. 50. And the machine for $33 delivered. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's probably a $150 coffee machine. Yeah, but then the capsules. The capsules alone are worth more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an insane deal that just happened to pop up. I was... I think it was around 10 o'clock at night. I just happened to see it. I clicked through, bought it. It was sold out probably in half an hour. And then the next morning, I just kept following the thread and everyone's like, oh, I missed out. And 
and then it was just, like hundreds of people got this deal across Canada. So we, we talked about smartphone plans, like just go to the carriers and just see, like sign up, subscribe, and you will, you will start getting those, yeah. those, those offers. Um, the other good place to check for smartphone deals is our good friends at iPhoneInCanada.ca. They post the current list of That's deals true. for yeah. all the carriers. iPhoneInCanada.ca. Yeah. A fantastic website. And it's not just about iPhones. No. They got all sorts of techie stuff there. Yeah. Travel is a good thing to look at. Yes. Um, I've been getting a lot of offers. And, you know, you got to subscribe to these things too. Uh, like Air Canada and WestJet. They have a lot of Black Friday deals. It's kind of a scam sometimes though, John, I feel, because they'll, in the weeks leading up, they'll like totally jack the prices up. Yeah. And then, oh, suddenly Black Friday. Well, the other thing too, especially with travel is like, okay, yeah, we have a ticket for 50 bucks for, you know, Vancouver to Toronto, say. But there's like one of those, you know, so it's, of course. it's from $50, but you have to be the first one to get it kind of thing. So it's a little bait and switchy that way, but, but there's definitely some deals to be had for travel. Uh, there's a lot of interesting hotel deals right now too. If you want to stay in another city. Got to check that out. Like the Expedias of the world and yeah, and they've got deals going. Okay. We are going to have to take a break here on the app show. When we come back, the Twitter dumpster fire, what has Elon done this week? You will be blown away. You're listening to the app show with Mike and John here on the Course Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Mike and John here. What week doesn't go by now without us talking about Twitter? Because it's the best show in town. It's a car accident I can't turn away from. No. Elon Musk bought the company for $44 billion and set it on fire, <laughs> essentially. Literally. He changed the way that people were verified. You could start buying verification for $8 a month. And what happened, John? Well, let's just say a lot of people that probably shouldn't be verified spent the eight bucks. Yes. And a lot of accounts, because they, they rushed this out. They, first of all, he, he laid off a ton of employees that were dealing with content moderation and that type of stuff. But then when he announced very quickly, like in a few days, this significant change to the verification process, which typically required you to send like a copy of your driver's license, and credentials that proving who you are, um, anybody could become anybody they wanted to. So they would have an account that they just set up, they'd get it verified, and then they would change the name of the account to impersonate even Elon Musk. Yeah, he didn't like that. No, he did not. No. So it was a disaster, and everyone predicted it would be. Everybody, and you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to predict that. Everybody knew this was going to be a disaster. And a number of companies got impersonated and they actually had some significant hits to their stock price because of fake Twitter accounts saying things like insulin's now free <laughs> for one of the drug companies. It's, it's not funny, but it's funny that they could get away with that. Well, it was up for six hours and it, I think it cost the, their, their market share like $3 billion dollars. How many, they had uh, a pool of contract um, content moderators. Yeah, they had about 4,500 of those people. What happened to them, John? They are now looking for work. So who's... Minding the store? Who's keeping the, the foxes out of the, the hen house? The fox wearing a hen hat. <laughs> That's just given to him at the front door. Yeah. 
No, it's 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 awful. They they quickly realized, and he had no choice but to stop that process. So you you actually can't get verified again for eight bucks right now, as we know. Well, it's, that could change by the end of the show. Well, it's supposed to come back at the end of the month on the 29th, I think, is when it's going to come back after it's quote made rock steady. And who's going to make it rock steady? Well, the few engineers that are left are now being forced into. Uh, indentured servitude, basically, if they want to continue to be employed by Musk at Twitter, they have to sign an agreement this week saying you're going to work for longer hours and you'll make the same money. And you'll like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you get three months severance. Yeah. So he's just, he's trying to weed out the, the, the people that aren't on board. Well, because he was firing people that were literally criticizing him publicly. There was a few engineers that were calling him out on some of the things he was saying. His own website fact-checked him on some statements he made about Twitter being the number one place for uh, link click-throughs. So if, if someone posts a link on Twitter and a website gets that link, that's a magical number because that's, that's an important thing for a lot of websites to get traffic to their websites. So promoting it on Twitter is, is, you know, in Elon's mind, it's a good way of revenue generation, that kind of stuff. But actually, Facebook is the biggest generator of those clicks. And a lot of other services are way ahead of Twitter in that respect. So his own website, his own Twitter account got fact-checked by his automated systems that says, actually, that's not true. And he had a number of employees that were basically trying to help him understand some of the problems that they had with speed in different countries, something called microservices, which were all these different things that happen while when you refresh your Twitter feed or your Twitter website, things have to happen so you can actually draw out what your Twitter feed looks like. And despite being respectful, talking to the boss in public on Twitter, those engineers got fired because they disagreed with Elon. If you mentioned anything remotely condescending, negative, whatever about Elon in even their internal messaging systems. You're fired. On Slack, they're gone. Anybody that remotely made fun of Elon, they're gone. Robin in our office makes fun of me a lot. I know. Right? I could could Elon him. You could lock his Slack right now. Yeah, but he does all the work. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) And so... He, he got in a fight with um, a senator as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know this guy. Senator Ed Markey. He's Democrat um, senator in Massachusetts. And he, he tweeted out, I guess directly at Elon, one of your companies is under an FTC consent decree. Auto Safety Watchdog, National Highway Transportation um, Organization, is investigating another for killing people. And you're spending your time picking fights online. Fix your companies or Congress will. Yeah. Elon uh, shot back, of course, and said basically, perhaps it's because your real account sounds like a parody. Yeah, like he's making childish... Hey, he's he's the CEO of multiple companies and he's got time to sit there and pick fights on Twitter? Yeah. How? (laughs) Yeah, he's got like SpaceX, Starlink, Tesla. Tesla... But he's sitting there, you know, making memes and doing stuff. When the layoffs first happened at Twitter, there was uh, some people, basically, they, they stood outside the building of Twitter in San Francisco with like what looked like like 
banker boxes full of stuff like they got fired and they were interviewed by like all the media that were there they were they weren't even employees <laughs> and so what did he do yesterday elon had a photo with those guys saying walking them back and it was like literally he's making a meme with these people right after he just fired four thousand people yeah that's not classy not at all i wonder if he's going to shut off my tesla functions now maybe right yeah, my, my radio doesn't work anymore. <laughs> you can only hope to be a target of Elon. Uh, you know, John, who's got the time? I don't know. Okay, we're going to have to take another break here. When we come back, we're going to tell you about a super cool app that can make any picture or image that you tell it to. But just typing in text. It's a free app too. You want a car driving down a windy road? You want a picture of that? It'll draw it. You want a cat dancing with a top hat? It'll do that too. I, I made one of those for my global segment this week. Yes, you did. It looked a little freaky. Anyway, this is an app that is so stupid simple, anyone can use it. It is amazing as well. And it's using artificial intelligence to make these drawings. So we're going to tell you what it is, how it works, and where we see this all going. You're listening to the app show? Here on the Chorus Radio Network, we'll be back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've been really following the development of artificial intelligence when it comes to content generation. I have never seen anything in the tech space move this fast in such a little time. Over the past six months, the, the advancements have been incredible. We've talked uh, about one of those tools, midjourney.io. An amazing tool. You can basically type in what you kind of image you want, and it'll just create that. They, they just had a new version of midjourney. It's called version four that came out a few days ago. And Robin and I have been doing extensive testing with it, and it is leaps and bounds better than version three. John, I've looked at, you've shared some of those images. I, I, I don't even know how, like, it just is blowing my mind yeah. at the, the detail and the intricacy and the realism. And the fact that you can just basically have a stream of consciousness create images now. And these tools are getting better all the time. Like, there's a number of new features that have sort of come out with these tools where you're actually able to upload your own images and have those as reference images. So uh, uh, there's like a bunch of different tools. We're, I'm not going to get into those ones today, but we're going to talk about something else in a minute. But you're actually able to like say it's Mike. It's a picture of Mike on a bicycle. I could basically erase the bicycle from the photo and have the AI draw a replacement. So you could be driving a camel or a car. And that it can do that now. It can do that now. And it looks like you're actually riding whatever that thing is. You just have a blank space underneath you. Your legs are sort of straddling it like you would be straddling a bike. But the AI will draw whatever's missing. So I get a lot of questions like, how does it know how to draw things? And it's, it's because these things are being inputted huge amounts of image data sets. And that's the key like is, is the data sets. Thousands. I don't even know. Like, no, must it's, be mil it's, it's millions. Millions of photos of yeah. everything you can imagine. Yeah. Basically, the entire consciousness of the internet as far as imagery gets fed into these systems. So, for good and bad, we've talked, and we'll talk about in future shows, like 
there's stuff going in there that shouldn't go in there. Yeah, a lot of copyright stuff. There's a lot of um, uh, personal stuff, like people's photos. You know, uh, so there's a there's a there's still a chance that the AI will actually generate something that looks just like Mike. Well, that would be a dream. <laughs> so. I've tried some of these tools. The midjourney.io blows me away, but it it's hard. It's, like it, you got to you got to download the Discord messaging app, and then you got to. There's a bunch of commands you have to do. Yeah, normal people will never do this in a million years. No, unless they're highly motivated. So yeah. there's an app now available for the iPhone. It's called Draw Things. Just iPhone right now. Yeah, and you got to have some free space because it's it's downloading image sets and data to, to draw upon, literally, uh, when you want it to develop a certain image. Yeah, so when you first install the app, it'll say, I need to download some extra stuff. And then it's gonna sit there, and assuming you have a good internet connection, it can take a while. And you can't do it in the background, I tried. No. No, you gotta you, just leave it on that app and you gotta let it go. Yeah. You can't go start surfing Facebook or the web. It's downloading multiple data sets, and these data sets are a couple of gigs each. Yes, it's a lot. I, I, it's, it's probably around five or six gigs total. So you need to have a lot of room on your phone. But once you've done that, you're presented with a, basically a little text box and you can just type in something and you can have the, you have the ability to um, be as descriptive as you want. The more descriptive you are, the better the output's going to be. And it, it has like this little progress window that shows you as it's sort of computing and parsing through all of these image sets. And these are the kinds of things that they get, the more that they're used, the better they get. Because you're basically feeding back into the AI the results that you got. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're gonna get different results as well. But, so some of them are up in the cloud, some of these tools. Yes, like MidJourney is in the cloud. And isn't that better because then they can store way more information like more data sets, image data sets that they can access compared to on the iPhone. True. But right now, to use MidJourney, there's a very limited amount of uh, images you can generate for free. And also, um, you're limited to how public those images are. You're also constrained by their rules as to what words are not allowed on those apps because it's their service, it's their server. Yeah, um, They can control all that. On the draw things app you're using 100 on your phone you can be offline to do this you don't need to be the, on the cloud at all and you have the ability to do anything you want and the images are they just stay on your phone but you can save them you can share them yeah when you're using mid-journey unless you're paying for a very high tier of mid-journey all all the things that you do are public anybody can look through the public list of generated images and see all of your uh keywords and all that kind of stuff. So if you're doing anything like for everything work, from your crazy mind yeah, is up there. Exactly. But if you're doing, say you're doing stuff for work and you're, you're using, you know, a lot of people covet these prompts as they're called. It's the text that's used. The more descriptive you are with this text, the better the results are. But it's a, it's a bit of an art, John. It, it is. Yeah. And it's the kind of art that people are like holding really close to their chest and or charging Word, for. The words are art now. Yeah. Right? Because the words are what's going to generate that amazing photo or picture. So just imagine like a, a really good um, novelist writing phrases for this. 
they're going to have a way with words that you or I don't have. They're going to be able to be very descriptive about it, and that'll feed the AI even better than if we did the same phrase, or, or trying to get to the same result. You did your cat with a top hat. Yeah. Dancing. It, it was okay. Yeah. But a novelist... I could I could have been more descriptive. You could have. But you were also just starting trying different things like kitties. Like that was it. Yeah, like a weirdo. Right. You don't even yeah. have cats, which is strange. No, but I, I was blown away by the photorealism of people. Well, that's, that's, that's one of the big things that's really happened in the last, I would say, even few weeks. Because a month or two ago, if you wanted to do any kind of people AI-generated art... There'd always be something weird about them. Yeah, their eyes would be off, or they'd have like droopy faces, seven fingers. Yeah, like all kinds of weirdness like that. They were like these radioactive hybrid people, because the AI doesn't know that's what a person's supposed to have or not supposed to have. Because a lot of people are also generating things like monsters and crazy sci-fi things with these things. So that's all feeding into it. We're talking about an app available for iPhone. It's free. It's called Draw Things, and it. You have to download it. It is super cool. You can just type in any text and it'll generate a, a picture from that that you can use. I mean, this is great for things like presentations. You've created logos with some of these tools now. And yeah. I got to be honest, they were pretty good. Like, I'm blown away. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to probably manipulate them after to refine yeah. them. But some of the things they came up with, like you came up with like a cactus logo for your company. Yeah. And I'm like, that is good. It's really good. And a computer made it. Yeah, in five minutes. So, yeah, the world's changing so fast, John. Anyway, draw things. It's available for the iPhone. Check it out. We're going to have to take a break here on the App Show when we come back. A little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to listen to our sister program. It's called Get Connected. It's uh, in most Canadian cities. You can also listen to the podcast version on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. And not only do we have the Get Connected program, but also the one you're listening to now, the App Show as well. So uh, if you get a chance, subscribe to our podcast and you'll get it uh, delivered to you uh, weekly. Great uh, for listening uh, in the car or if you're uh, commuting in. On uh, this week's Get Connected, we're going to be talking about Wi-Fi. There is a new standard that's going to make it even better for homes. You can have more devices hooked up. It's going to be faster. And we're going to tell you the pros and cons. And, you know, that's a challenge, John. These new technologies come out, especially on Wi-Fi. I, I find it takes like a, a couple of years for all the devices to kind of catch up, don't you? Yeah, because, well, you don't need to replace everything in your house as soon as it comes out. No. So anyway, we're going to tell you about Wi-Fi 7, what it means, what it does, should you upgrade, and a whole lot more. I want to thank everyone that helps put uh, the app show together. Of course, John Beeler, my co-host and producer, and uh, Robin back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.